All right, so what's up, everyone? Podcast number two. Kyle checking in right now with my man, Ed. Uh, what's Tom, good? Tom, unfortunately, cannot join us today. Uh, he stepped out. So it's just going to be us two, but uh, I just want to thank everyone for uh, joining us today as we continue to discuss R&B and just the get that we've been working on. Um, we went from 64, I think it was. Now we're down to 32, if my math serves me correct. Um, actually, no, we, we're, we're less than 32. Yeah, we're the sweet, the sweet 16. Sweet 16 now. Yeah, time. Yes. Time, this bracket's going quick. Um, again, want to thank everyone. Our, our first podcast actually got like 70 views, which is like 68 more than what I thought we would get. So whoever's listening, <laughs> definitely appreciate it. Uh, saw some comments on our Facebook page as well, as well as our Twitter. People are really, for the ones who are actually, um, checking this out they're really appreciating it just the fact that we're discussing r&b music so hopefully we can reach a couple more people and um you know let's let's get things let's get this started um ed uh let's just recap a little bit um with the last week um just give everyone the results um the first one was mary j blige share my world against joe my name is joe Mary J. Blige, Share My World, has, has had some battles throughout this entire tournament. First with the Aaliyah album, and now with the Joe album. Ends up prevailing, but, you know, why, is it, why has it been so tough for this album? Well, you have to look at the competition. You've got the Aaliyah album, the beloved final album of Aaliyah. Well, very high regarded. You got My Name is Joe. Of course, you know how beloved Joe is with, um, you know, I Got Soul fans, so... Although I believe, and I said this on the last podcast, that Share My World by far is the better album of the three, I thought it would have gotten knocked off by fan favorites. So I am very happy. I am very pleased at results. It deserves this seat, and it deserves this spot in the tournament so far. Right. And uh, talk about this Joe album. I mean, I personally thought that the Donnell Jones album would have beat this album in the first round, but this Joe album, it just it hung in there. Unfortunately, couldn't do it, but um, just talk about, you know, did you expect it to go, you know, to the second round, and did you expect... Oh, no, question. No question. I mean, the Joe album is, and as much as I love Donnell, and I love Where I Want Want to Be, the single, the album is I. Um, Joe's album is a little bit stronger. I don't think My Name is Joe is his best album. I've debated that with Tom. I wish he was around so we can get back into that again. I still think All That I Am is the best. However, I think that even though it's a very strong album, very beloved album, when you just pair it up against Share My World, which if if, if Ed in 97 was reviewing albums, that would get five stars from me compared to this Joe album. I just don't think it can measure up. No offense to Joe, no shame to losing this album. Great piece of work, but MJB just moving too strong. Yep. And then the next matchup we had, this was sort of a battle of legacies almost. You know, you have the TLC fan mail album versus Whitney Houston's My Love Is Your Love album. TLC coming up on top. You know what? I'm with you actually in saying that that Whitney Houston album, even though it's not probably regarded as her best work, it is it is a solid you know project. Um, whereas this fan mail album, I think, um, just the legacy of it is just it, it's bigger than just the album. Now I think it's the impact that it had. Um, I personally would have went with the Whitney Houston album, but TLC they did it. 
Well, both of them to me match up really, really, really well. Um, I'm not really, I'm not disappointed by TLC moving forward. If Whitney won, I would have been very happy too. Um, I, as I said in the last podcast, this probably is my favorite Whitney album, and it's one that we just tend to forget about for some reason. But it's just outstanding. But as you mentioned, we're talking about legacies. We're talking about impact. TLC's album just continues that. It's the last full album from the group. It's one of their best works. Lots of familiar singles that have crossed over into pop and everything else. Even had some good remixes, too. So I think that's why it stands strong. The 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 result doesn't surprise me that much. But if Whitney pulled it out, I would have been just as happy. Right. And then after that, this was like the biggest battle, I think, of this round, which was the one in the Million album versus the Velvet Rope album. I personally would have gone with the Velvet Rope. And, you know, I, think- I agree, player. I think it's funny because throughout this entire podcast and even the last one we've been doing, it almost makes it seem like we're anti-Aaliyah, which is not really the case. Like, we, we all love Aaliyah, uh, but I think just in this case, I would have went with the Velvet Rope album. I agree. And then again, like you said, we all love Aaliyah. We all love to sing. I was listening to the I Care For You album yesterday, which is, you know, half greatest hits, half unreleased stuff. We all love Aaliyah. But along with that, just being real, there are some, there's a little bit of standing going on when it comes to my girl. So even though she's a fantastic artist, sometimes we kind of get blinded to some faults. Every artist has faults. And in my opinion, I think Velvet Rope is a much stronger album. Again, I'm not too upset by this. I don't think it's a farce or a Drake travesty that Aaliyah pulled it out. It was kind of, I, I expected it, but I think Velvet Rope is a stronger album and one of Janet's best albums. Yeah. You, you know, you got records like Go Deep and I Get Lonely. That was a good album. Man, listen, it was off the chain. And uh, one of a million was, I mean, to its credit, it was a game changer. And I think that's one reason why I'm not upset about it moving into the 16. It did change the game. It put Aaliyah, I'm sorry, Missy and Timbaland on on the map as producers, and it really solidified Aaliyah as not just a one-hit wonder. She was a force after this album. So, One in a Million, fantastic album, great album. I just don't think it should have won, but who am I to say? Who am I but a man? Right. <laughs> and then the next one, this one was, you know, I think this one really tested R&B fans because... This, for a lot of people, they didn't even know which one to pick, and that was the Joe Scott, who is Joe Scott album, versus the Brown Sugar D'Angelo album. You know, this D'Angelo album beat out your boy Keith. Man, I know. I, your boy is still in his feelings after this one, because Keith got beat in the first round by a handful of votes for D'Angelo. So just Ed being bitter, wanting to see D'Angelo go down to Jill Scott here, it was not to be. Nope. All right, well, hypothetically speaking, let's say that Keith Sweat album did advance to the second round, ends up facing Joe Scott. What do you have there? I would have, just being honest, because what I am is an honest man, I think Jill would have gone to the next round just because I think that um, the fan base for Jill would be stronger for that. That Keith album, and I will say it until I'm in the grave, five stars, it helped solidify R&B in the late 90s, one of the best of the game. But it's one that's forgotten because people just remember the singles Nobody and Twisted. And they forget about the total body of work. And I think as a total body of work, is a really impeccable piece of business. And, you know, Jill Scott, Brown Sugar, both of those are fine albums. Um, 
but if we go back to Brown Sugar versus Jill Scott, I think that Brown Sugar ekes it out here, so I'm not too upset by that. So just ignore my bitterness over the Keith thing, because I'm probably going to complain about this even in the finals. So just go on and get used to it. Well, I hope the listeners are listening to this and they at least go check out that Keith Keith Sweat album, review it a little bit, and maybe the next time we do this tournament again, it'll advance. So that's all. Get better, y'all. Get your right look. Get your history right before you get in the tournament. Let me tell you. And if you are confused, just hit me up, and I will talk all day about the greatness of Keith. All right. Well, the next matchup we had was the R. Kelly self-titled album versus the Monica Miss Thing album. I think we uh, discussed last time. We all agreed that Monica, as great as she is, she's had a lot of great singles, but I don't think she's had too many memorable albums. This was the one that I think everyone thought stood out as the memorable album, and I think we kind of pinpointed some of that to nostalgia and all that stuff, but this R. Kelly album, it dominated this matchup. And it should have. Um, again, no, you know, absolutely no slight to Monica because it was a strong debut for her. But this R. Kelly album, not only was it a better album, it had better singles. Then it had a better legacy behind it. This one was kind of an easy one for Kells. So him advancing, no surprise. And speaking of no surprises, look at the next round. Ooh. <laughs> we got the uh, we got Jodeci's show after party hotel. Versus 112's Room 112. Actually, you know what? This was rather close. Um, really? This was actually pretty close. I mean, on the Facebook, you had a lot of Jodeci fans voting for that album. But then on our Instagram, which we also you know incorporate votes from that, we're adding right. that as well. Um, the 112 fans, they really showed up. I think partially it was due to uh, Mike from 112. He re-grammed the post. And then here, here comes the 112 fans. But... If I'm being honest, I mean, the 112 album, that was a good album, too. And um, Oh, you know. no question. No question. And shout out to Mike. He's a good friend of ours, and he's a great supporter of both of our sites. So shout yeah. out to Mike. But I agree, and I said this on the last podcast. I dare you to find three albums back-to-back, like 112's first three albums of that quality. They are fantastic. But... Even though I love this album, I think it probably it might be my favorite one between that one and the debut. It was really tough. I'll go back and forth depending on the day of the week. That Jodeci album, though, uh, I mean, Jodeci is like really on a on a surge right now with their comeback. It's a very it's an album that's well remembered. Tons of familiar singles from it. I just didn't see it really. I knew it'll be a tough matchup, but I didn't see Jodeci going down here. So again, another outcome that doesn't surprise me. Well, one of the things that people noted with this Jodeci album has always been that it had it had too many I think I think interludes too many. Skits. Yes, Lord, yes. When I go back and revisit that, that is a hundred percent true. But I think there's no way you can deny the the second half of that album and just how well it it, it flowed from songs like "Can We Flow" to "Time and Place." That was that was a good album. No question. And if uh, for on any artists out there that are listening or fans of artists and I review an album and you don't like the score, one thing that will set me off as a reviewer are albums that are too long and have too many skits because it just breaks up the flow. And I know there's a storytelling component that's supposed to be there. But look, y'all keep that thing short because if an album is like an hour and 80 minutes, look, brother got something to do don't drag out the, the stuff leave us wanting more right that's my little rant for the day cool for sure and the next matchup we had 
the two arguably biggest artists of, I think, are we still in this generation or are they considered the last generation? Oh, huh, that's a good question. Maybe it is the last generation. We're getting old, player. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely are. But we had the Usher 8701 album versus Beyonce's debut, Dangerously in Love. I think we were all kind of surprised that Beyonce even made it to the second round. I uh, am, too. There's a lot of B-haters out there. Y'all know who you are. And then even with this matchup, Beyonce put up a fight. But, you know, people love Usher. They love that time for Usher. You had songs like You Remind Me. You got it bad. You know, you had a lot of big singles from that album, and 8701 moved on to the next round. And I agree with that choice. And I said this on last um, podcast, just being honest, this Beyonce album is pretty overrated. Although I do go at the B-haters sometimes because Beyonce is a force and she deserves most of the accolades that she gets. But this debut was just okay to me. It had some good songs. It had some strong stuff. Had a lot of fluff. Had a lot of dead spots. I think that Usher's album was the better album and deserved this win. Right. I think people, for the most part, only remember that Beyonce album for the singles because all right. the singles were massive. And they should, they definitely were great songs. But just when I look back at that album, I don't really remember too much from it. And there's a reason for that because of the, 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 the album tracks just don't hold up as well as the singles. They aren't terrible, but they aren't memorable. Right. Well, Beyonce had, you know, a lot of great things to come. So, uh, unfortunately for this round, Usher moves on. Yep. Now, this one, this was really close, actually, and I think we kind of anticipated it to be really Oh, close. yes. We call this the WrestleMania of the matches because this yeah. was the one where blood was going to be shed. Yep. We have the vocal Bible album, Full Moon, <laughs> versus the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Now, I've read some comments on, on Facebook. People were saying that. The matchup wasn't necessarily fair in that we were setting up Brandy to fail, but, you know... Oh, good lord. It's a bracket, so we didn't purposely do it. We, we had a, a ranking system going on, and, and it just so happened that these two albums ended up facing each other. But, you know, Lauren Hill ended up winning it. Um, just talk about... I mean, I think we talked about it last time. The Full Moon album, I think, is regarded for some reason as a lot better than, you know, when it first came out. Um, just talk about that album a little bit and, you know, what people seem to really like about it now. Well, yeah, I, first of all, I'm trying to figure out who was mad at the brains. Did Ray J text you? Or they, what, 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 what? Calm down. Anyway, um, I think Full Moon's a great album. It's a great album, but Brandy fans, and again, as we've talked about in this tournament, a lot of the voting is based on, you know, what you want to do as far as supporting artists that you love. And we know how rabid and huge Brandy's fan space is and there are a lot of fans from that generation where brandy is their whitney houston they uh she was their entry point into modern r&b so full moon to them has that great nostalgic hook for them and i think that's why it kind of pulls in some folks full moon was a good album it was a solid album honestly my problem with brandy through the years is and i know i will get some emails when i say this comment but she has yet to give me that outstanding album. She's given me lots of good albums and okay albums. It's not an outstanding one. And this is a good album because we got good singles and we got some really good album cuts. But there's nothing here that's outstanding. Now, when you compare it to Lauren Hill's album, which again was a game changer, I think on paper, Lauren absolutely demolishes her but i knew it'd be a tough matchup because of those fan bases and i'm actually surprised that lauren pulled it out 
I think we have a lot of, uh, I think this, this Lauren album has, you know, a couple more rounds left in it, just, you know, due to the impact that it's had. Right. And, you know, just in terms of Game Changer, it's, you know, we talked about it with the One in a Million album. You mentioned the mm-hmm. Lauren album being it. Do you think the Full Moon album is a Game Changer? Because I've read that as well, and that it, it really impact the industry. I I mean, Brandy sounded amazing on that album. I think the harmonies on that album were crazy, but I don't, I don't know if it's a game changer, personally. I think it could be a game changer for some fans, because I think, as I said, it was an entry point for many fans who discovered R&B or fell in love with R&B because of that album. So, yeah, it's an entry point for that, and it's a game changer for them. But a game changer for the industry? No. It was a good album. Not a game changer for the industry. But when you look at Lauren's album, you look at an album from an artist who was coming off of a group, who was well regarded, who stepped into mainstream and was able to hold on to her R&B roots, her hip hop roots, have songs that have clear cut messages in them and then have just quality after quality after quality, an album that just runs for an hour or however long it is and gives you so much in that amount of time and 10, 20 years later, it still has that same impact when you listen to it. That's a game changer. And I think when you put those two together, Lauren is a game changer. Brand is good. It's good. And many fans may, may be a game changer for their fandom, but not for the industry like Lauren's was. Right. And you know what? Lauren Hill, we're waiting for that next album for you to change the game again. <laughs> Lord, look, I've been waiting since, what, 2000? Yep. <laughs> it's getting to detox levels at this point. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, on the other side of the bracket, uh, the first match that we had was the Tony Braxton Secrets album versus the Baby Face The Day album. This was a rather quiet matchup. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think we got a lot of votes on this one. Baby Face ends up losing to Tony Braxton, but I guess Baby Face wins in the end because he produced all of <laughs> Tony Braxton album. So... Kudos to Babyface. Babyface always wins, clearly. Even when he loses, he wins. Um, you know, this Tony Braxton album, I think, is regarded as one of the classics of R&B. There's really no debating it. Um, no debate. Do you see this going to the finals? <sighs> we discussed this last week, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the, um, the brackets here. Player, you might be right. I think that at least in its bracket, it's going to be... If it doesn't go to the finals, it's making it to the Elite Eight. And again, we've got like another Brandy album on the horizon. So, you know, knows you got to stay tuned on that one, player. Right. The next matchup we had, you know what, Drew Hill, I can't believe they did it. I'm not mad that they did. They first defeated Erica Badu's Mama's Gun album, and now they just beat out Erica Badu's other album. I, I am I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because it's a great album. I'm not surprised, and this one I feel conflicted on, because you got Baduism and you got Drew Hill's debut. To me, two five-star albums matching up against each other, but two two totally different sounds. And I just think that the difference is maybe that Drew Hill's album is a sound that's a little bit more universal as com- as opposed to Baduism. I think some fans might listen to it now and think it's a little too sleepy. And, and Badu just isn't as... She's a lot more... How can I put it? Um, she tends to lay a little bit more low these days. Like, we hear about how great she was, 
and a lot of younger fans haven't connected with her music kind of like us old heads have so i think that many may be more familiar with this album than they are with baduism i to me baduism is the better album but when you have two albums of this magnitude matched up together you can't really be mad at one beating the other right and i'm actually surprised that we had so many fans of drew hill you know they're definitely one of the top male group vocalists you know of of that era but i didn't know they had that many fans that just oh, you know love that album that doesn't surprise me at all like they the fan base is rabbit for them we don't hear from them as much again because drew hill isn't a group that is always out there in our faces but those fans are there and they're very supportive of that that didn't surprise me too much all right cool and then we have another well you know we we talked about the last matchup with you know lauren hill and brandy as as the wrestlemania this was like the the Royal Rumble, I don't know, the Survivor Series. Yes, this is the Survivor Series. This was the Survivor Series. This was the Mary J. Blige Mary album versus Brandy's Never Say Never album. This one, Brandy, I don't know if it was because of the fans or people just weren't feeling the Mary album like that, but Brandy kind of destroyed Mary in this round. And I'm not surprised. Go back to what I was saying earlier. Brandy's fans ride or die, and they are going to go for this album. The Mary album is really weird because i remember in 99 when it dropped people it was a different sound for her and a lot of people really weren't feeling it i liked it okay but it seems like over time it got more well regarded so i don't know if some fans some older fans were kind of like yeah the album was okay but i don't like it as much but maybe that indifference helped brandy just like knock her out the park i'm not sure but as i said brandy's fans are they going to ride for Brandy, so this victory does not surprise me. Well, i got to give Brandy some credit for this album. This was, oh, yeah. This was during the time where she was on TV with Moesha. This was during the time where, you know, she was pretty much on top of the world. You had the single, The Boy Is Mine. So I think this album has a good chance of moving on pretty far. You know, we were talking about the Secrets album. I think this will eventually meet the, uh, the, the Secrets album in the next round. No, I have no question that it'll meet that Secrets album, and it might be. I mean, we could be looking at the winner here. Um, Again, I think it, over time, has become very overrated. It's a good album, but as you just pointed to the perfect, the keys there. Like, this album was released at the height of Moesha's TV stardom, so to speak. So this was an entry point for many fans as far as R&B. You love Moesha, oh, cop the album, oh, here she is singing with Monica, and oh, oh, oh. So this is, it's so well regarded. Again, it's a great album. I like the album, Angel in the Skies, love all the singles. But to me... I think we'll see how strong that holds up with some stiffer competition. Right. And then the next matchup we had was the SWV album, New Beginning versus Mariah Carey's Butterfly. This was yep. this was a lot closer than I thought it should have been. Um, I think we've all agreed that this SWV album isn't necessarily their best album. And, nope. you know, even in the first round when they were matching up with the Boys to Men album, it was more so a battle of legacy rather than battle of albums. So... When it matches up with someone like Mariah Carey's Butterfly album, which I think is one of, if not her best album, it, it, it was a no-brainer to me. But the fans seem to disagree with that. They voted for SWV, but Mariah Carey came up on top. 
I wonder if it's another legacy vote, though, because as I think back on SWV's discography, this might be their worst album. No offense to the Sisters with Voices, because this has some bangers on it. But when I think back to their debut and their third album and even their um, comeback album from a couple years ago, I feel like all of those beat this one. So and that the levels of support surprised me. And it may just be, you know, we're riding for SWV more so than we ride from New Beginning. So I'd like to ask some of the people that vote, name three songs off of this album and <laughs> see what they say. Right. And then just with Mariah, you got to take me back to 1997. I was young back then, but I'm sure you remember a lot more than I did from that time period. Play, you know, let me tell you back when um I'm sitting back in my chair now. Let me tell, t- spin the clock back to '97 when a young Ed was hitting up college campuses and we would have the TVs on and Mariah be twerking in a little gold dress that she had on in the Honey video, surprised, surrounded by Puffy and his gaggle of goons, Mason, all those guys. This album was huge, player. It was huge, and it still holds up today. And you look at it, the mix of traditional R&B and hip-hop, it melded so well. And I think that's why it stands out so well. Again, the, them when you match this up against SWV, it's a clear-cut victory for Mariah. And it's one of the better albums in the entire tourney. Right. But, you know, my question was, uh, you know, for you back in that era, because, you know, I, I read, you know, we always read the Facebook comments just to see what people say. It seems like R&B fans, they don't look at Mariah as a full R&B art artist. They kind of look at her more so as a pop art, um, Definitely. artist. Um, do you think, you know, with this Butterfly album, from what I remember, it was pretty much an R&B album? Pretty much. I mean, it definitely had its pop elements. Um, I'm trying to think of some specific songs, like I, the um, the prince remake and there were a few others that were definitely a little bit more poppy than r&b but when mariah came into the game even though she was very r&b influenced she definitely had a pop sound she had the pop support pushing behind her and one thing about r&b fans like they are quick once they see that pop machine behind you they will be like eh, we ain't rocking with you but when butterfly came out and the album before butterfly as well like when those came out, it, it really started to ratchet up support for Mariah because she started to embrace hip hop and R and and meld it with her R and B more. So this album just did that so expertly that even though she had that pop label before, when she comes out on TV now with Puffy and Mace and the Locks and the Remix and and um you got Bone Thugs and you got Missy and you got Mob Deep, I think that gave her a little bit more soulful R and B credentials for them to embrace it. So she was, yeah, you would call her a pop artist, but by, by the time Butterfly floated in, uh, they were R&B was riding with her. Right. also read a funny comment on our Facebook. Someone said that uh, they were going to go with SWV rather than Mariah because Mariah was too big of a diva. <laughs> uh, well, yes, we, <laughs> we know this, but don't front like 90% of the people on this list aren't divas. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the dudes, too. Male divas in the house, trust. And speaking of that, who's next on our list? We have Mr. Usher Raymond. Uh-huh, Usher Raymond. The album that went Diamond versus another Mariah album, Daydream, which is actually, I think it might be my favorite, just... Really? Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. That, I mean, I, I gotta revisit this, but... Um, no, I love the Daydream album, but it was really no competition against the Confessions album. Confessions right. just right away just went through it and moved on to the next round. 
Well, it was like I was saying a little earlier. This is the album, along with Butterfly, where she really started to incorporate R&B and hip-hop with those fantastic remixes. And it really is really beloved. But that Usher album, man, oh, it's like a juggernaut. It was like Godzilla. It was not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> um, following that, Destiny's, this was an interesting one. Destiny's Child's Writing on the Wall versus Genuine's 100%. Um, you know, we had discussed the Destiny's Child album last week about just how it's stood up to the test of time. Mm -hmm. Some songs sound dated, but for the most part, it still sounds like it's relevant. Same thing with the 100% Genuine album. I think even to this day, you can still hear some influences of that album on the new Justin Timberlake projects. Right. And I think this is an album that, man, look, I'm going to be honest. We were talking about this before, you know, the recorder hit and you were asking you know, how did Genuine win out? Genuine won out because he got abs. That's how he won out. Don't be fooled, y'all. I know how y'all vote. But when it comes down to it, it's really a really close matchup. I would have probably gone for Destiny's Child because it's very close. I wouldn't give it five stars, but it's very close. It's very diverse. It was their launching pad. And while you could say the same thing for Genuine, I just think that overall the project has held up a little bit better. But really hard to hate on genuine success especially right. here and i think writings on the wall had you know i think that i mean the genuine album had a lot of good songs i think the destiny's child album ended up having a lot of great songs right that's um, a good way to put it so i think yeah i would have you know even though the the genuine album is one of my favorites i think that destiny's child album probably should have made it to the next round i, think I agree with you probably would have given usher a better fight as well but we'll see what genuine does well, again, don't don't sleep on Genuine's fans. Well, see, I don't know what they're going to do. It's like abs versus abs. Like, their heads are going to explode. Who are you going to vote for? Right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, and then the next one, we have Alicia Keys' debut album versus R. Kelly's R album. R. Kelly, he just keeps doing it, keeps, you know, winning. And he, he won this round as well. I wish your boy Slam was around for this one because he was the one really championing um, Alicia's debut. And as I gone on record to say last week, I think it's quite overrated. I don't think it's the perfection that people say it is. It's got some horrible dead spots in it. And she got much better albums later on. Um, the R album is just long as get all get out. Good Lord. But I think that I would go with Kelly here. I think it was the right choice. But I can understand why some Alicia fans would be quite salty. Yep. So, and this one I wish Slam was here for, just so he could hear the results of this one. <laughs> and his face blow up. Yep. So we got the John B. Cool Relax album versus the Maxwell Urban Hang Sweet album. This was really, really, really close. I think Maxwell actually won by two votes. But Man. you could see a lot of comments on Facebook where people were like, I'm not choosing between the two because I love both. <laughs> Uh, but Maxwell did it. Well, I knew it was going to be a tough one. I remember we kind of went back and forth on the last podcast a long time. I thought that John B's just gigantic fan base would push it ahead. But I knew it would be a tough one. I knew it would be a slugfest. Um, it's really tough for me to even choose who I would have gone with. And again, I'm not mad at Maxwell moving on. I'm slightly surprised. Not mad. They're just so equal in almost every way. Yeah. And, you know, that pretty much wraps up this round. You know, we just gave you the results to every matchup that we had. Um, you know, what we're going to do now 
is kind of preview the upcoming rounds. So if you don't want your opinion to be, you know, to be affected by our opinion, I suggest you hit pause or stop or move on to whatever you're doing. But what we're going to do now is just discuss the next round and possible predictions and just what may happen or what may not happen. So, again, if if you don't want to find out, if you want to vote based on your own opinion, I suggest you hit stop now. But if you want to hear what we have to say, if you think Ed is entertaining, and if you want to just continue listening to me, let's uh, let's keep this going. So, the first matchup we're going to see is the Mary J. Share My World album versus the TLC fan mail album. This is going to be interesting. That is going to be a, this is a, see the player, this is getting too tough for even my expert analysis to start knocking on. Again, when we go down to specific album for album, song for song, influence for influence, I think MJB wins. But I just think the TLC fans might go a little harder. I think fan mail might pull it out. Right. And you know what? If the Share My World beats TLC, I think that Mary Mary deserves an album just for that because when you look at the albums that she's had to face from the Aaliyah album to then you have to go against the Joe album and now you have to go against the TLC album if she if she manages to pull this out I she deserves to win just basically well, I can't think of anybody who has had a role tougher than poor MJB in this tournament good she's gone up against just like. Stiff competition, stiff competition, stiff competition. She's out here slaying dragons. If she can get past this one, she might have a. Uh, I might have to put her in the conversation for the final four for real. Right. <laughs> and then the round after, then the matchup after that. These are two completely different albums, um, with two completely different fan bases. You have the One in a Million album, which you know Aaliyah fans are going to show up for that. No um, doubt. Typically, when we do these matchup voting things we get about i would say 40 to 50 at most 60 comments votes for each for the for the post but whenever an Aaliyah you know post happens we get about 110 to about 130 comments Jeez. so Aaliyah fans two things keep voting and number two vote for everything else as well don't just vote for the Aaliyah post <laughs> I'm saying, like, look, we've got these votes coming on, like, you know, every few hours. Y'all hang around for a little bit and show somebody else some love. Right. There are there are a lot of great albums. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't listened to the al- these albums, I, we we chose what we felt were the best albums of that of this time period. So, like I said, you got to listen. I think anybody who calls himself a R&B aficionado, if you haven't heard. I would hope that you heard everything, but if it's like half the albums on the list and you haven't listened to them or even worse, had not known they existed, I'm going to need you to do some research because there are some really talented albums, artists out here with some great albums. And for those who complain, man, you don't ever give anything five stars. Well, I would probably give like 15 albums up here five stars. So step your listening game up. It's some heat up here, people. So, yeah, Aaliyah fans, you got some homework, I think. Uh, we're probably going to post this up probably by next Wednesday. So, do me a favor, listen to that Brown Sugar album, because it's going to be facing the One in a Million album. What do you have mm-hmm. to <sighs> I'm going with One in a Million for this one. Um, that, if I were voting, I think I would probably go for that one, too, and not just because I'm mad because D'Angelo beat Keith way back when, although I'll never let y'all forget it. I think that it's just... When you cut in influence and you cut in impact over the years, not only just that, just quality. It's think that it's just, man, it's hard to beat it. 
D'Angelo's Bound Sugar is just a different sound and different type of album. But when it's it's a bit brief, and I think that it just doesn't have that that one two punch that One in a Million has. Right, and you know, would you consider this an up uh, an upset? Just knowing how rabid the Aaliyah fans are, would you consider this an upset if Brown Sugar pulls it up? Yeah, I think I would, and not a major upset, but I just think that because of what we know about the fans and how you know just dedicated and and supportive they are of their favorite it would be kind of an upset not not enough to shake the world but gotta go with Aaliyah here yeah and then the next matchup we have this is a throwback to 1995 1996 yep the R. Kelly album versus the show the after party the hotel by Jodeci you know, a young Ed, take me back to 1995-96. What was that time period like for these two albums? Yeah, that time period was, this was the time when they had Video Soul and the Countdown on Fridays. And you would be looking to see who would get the number one Countdown song. And singles were just throwing all over the place. Speaking of that Countdown, I remember Love You For Life on that Countdown 100. If I see that video with her, him marrying T-Boz one more time, I'm still tired of that. But... When you just cut into account the singles and the albums match up so well, and I think it's just going to come down to fan loyalty and support, and I think Jodis is going to pull it out. I think KC and them got a little bit more support, as we talked about earlier with their comeback and you know the group getting back together after all these years. It's a wave of support for Jodis right now, and I think they're going to get it over Mr. Um, Black Pan is here. And for all the fans out there, it's been rumored that R. Kelly and Jodeci will be going on tour together. Yes. So hopefully this news makes it out to that, and uh, who knows? <laughs> we'll see what happens. But um, the last matchup of this round is Usher's 8701 album versus Lauryn Hill's Miseducation, the, the game-changing album. Can Usher do it? Man, this is another tough one. Now, we're talking confessions. I think he could do it. 8701? I don't know. This is going to be, this one I'm really interested in seeing what the outcome will be. I'm going with Lauren. I think Lauren should win. I think if we were just being honest, I think it's an easy win for Lauren. But Usher fans are going to come hard, but I think Lauren might pull it out just because that album is just so well regarded and just so freaking good. I told Tom a couple days ago that I think by and large of all 64 albums in this tournament, that this is probably the best album. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Usher can do it. Um, and then when we move on to the other side of the bracket, Tony Braxton. I think we we talked about this a little bit earlier. Tony Braxton's secret album versus Drew Hill's debut album. You know, Drew Hill has battled Erica Badu left and right, and now he ha- and now they have to face Tony Braxton's secrets album, which is regarded as again one of the best R and B albums. Um, can Drew Hill pull this one off? I think they can. I don't think they will. I think, again, this is another album where it's just two five-star albums, just like Slugfest, duking it out. Last one standing is going to, when the smoke clears, it's really hard to match these two up because they're so equal. But as we saw with Drew Hell just decimating Baduism like that, I think that they've got enough support to pull away from Tony here. So, oh, man... This is the one I'm going back and forth on the most. I'm going to go with Drew Hill and just throw my hands up. Go with Drew Hill here. But you know what's crazy is that even though this Tony album, again, is regarded as one of the best, I feel like 
nowadays, I don't know if Toni is as celebrated as she should be for you know her first two albums and how great they were. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was saying that when the album released last year with her um date, her um duet with Babyface, when that album dropped and a lot of fans only knew Tony as, you know, an R&B singer, but she's on the reality show. But oh, Tamar is the one that can sing. I'm like, listen, no offense to Tamar, but she can't hold Tony's mic, y'all. Tony is a trendsetter a groundbreaker and if you were around from 91 92 to the mid 90s i mean she was at the top of her game and this is tony at the top of her game here unfortunately she doesn't get the love that she deserves but lord knows she deserves it yep <laughs> and then the the round after that you know we've had our wrestlemania already we've had our survivor series this might be the summer slam yes <laughs> just throwing ref- wrestling references left and right here uh, <laughs> The Brandy Never Say Never album versus the Mariah Carey versus uh, Mariah Carey Butterfly album. This might be the Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage matchup. Uh, yeah, yes, the Mega Power is about to explode on this one. Yep, I mean this Mariah. I mean both artists at that particular time they were they were the radio. You you would hear them on the radio all the time, and they right. were in the media. Uh, what do you have? I mean. This? At the same time, this is that 98 era where just like they both dominated. You had Brandy with younger fans pulling them in. You had Mariah hooking those pop ears. Also had um, rap fans getting pulled in because it seemed like every song either had a sample or it had a high profile rapper on it. Again, if it were me, if this was the Ed tournament and I was voting for everything and everything was my outcome, Butterfly would pull ahead just because of his legacy, because of his diversity. And I, but uh, but when we start talking about fan bases and we're talking about support and we're talking about a generation of fans who grew up on a sound, I would I'm gonna go with Never Say Never winning, even though I think that it should be Brandy's victory. I mean Mariah's victory. I'm sorry. Right, but you know what? Both albums had number one hits. So yes, I mean this this is a fair matchup, and uh, I'm just really curious because I think for me, I think whoever wins this round. We'll make it to the the final two of this side of the bracket. I agree. I agree. Whoever this, I think this is going to determine the finals, pretty much. Um, and speaking of finals, I, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody to see this album still here again. The Usher's Confessions album. This time it faces Mr. Genuine. We talked about we talked about the abs, <laughs> talked about the crazy fans, but let's talk about the music. Um, the Usher Confessions album. Obviously, one of the best albums of the 2000s. Some people might say there are too many songs on it. Um, how does it match up against the Timbaland-produced 100% album? I think um, a lot of people have fonder memories of Confessions because of... And you also have to look at... Like, you have to go back to that area, the era of 2004 and everything that was swirling around it. You had Usher coming off of that relationship with um, Chili that was very... It was a very beloved relationship. But you youngins, compare it to Big Sean and Ariana's relationship breaking up. Compare it to that. You got these two artists that everyone loves. They break up. Everybody's like, oh... And here he is speaking on that. So that is why that album got pushed ahead. When it comes down song for song, so I could see the argument someone making for Genuine here because there is a little bit more consistent. Now, Genuine does have a lot of skits and a lot of stuff that breaks it up that annoys me. But Usher's album is so long, especially when you get in that special edition. Jeez, like, yeah. like 20 <laughs> tracks or something. 
I'm going to go with Usher here, but it might be a very interesting conversation, like which album is better song for song. And if you made the argument that Genuine is better, it would be hard for me to go against that. But I think Usher pulls this out. I think so, too. When you have songs like Throwback, Burn, Superstar, those are those are all five star songs, in my opinion. Those are. Yes. And then you don't. I mean, you didn't even mention Yale, which is not my favorite song. Cause, nope. <laughs> but good Lord, that song was a monster. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. And then the last matchup that we want to talk about before we are out of here is the R. Kelly R album versus Maxwell's Urban Hang Sweet album. What do we have there? <sighs> I was surprised that Maxwell pulled this through. But I think OR, I think Kells is going to pull away again with this one. Again, I think R is a little overrated, a little bit, just a little bit, just because it's so freaking long and that annoys me. But it's just so celebrated, and I don't know if Maxwell can hang up with that. It's almost like Maxwell has become the dark horse of this thing. And if he pulls it out, it might be a bit of an upset. I'm with you on that. Um, this, I mean, R. Kelly and Usher, they both have two albums still left in this thing. Not surprised at all by that, are you? Oh, of course not. Oh, of course not. Especially when you look at the, the, um, just beloved fan bases for both of them. And really different generations of fan bases almost. Because you could make an argument that R. Kelly was Usher before Usher. And then Usher became the man for R&B. Just like R. Kelly was the man for R&B in the 90s, Usher became the man in 2000. We need a man of R&B for 2010s. Somebody step up. Yep. <laughs> Chris Brown, I'm looking at you. You're your cousin, Ed. Look, cousin, don't get me. You can get me in jail on this podcast, player. And I will say nothing about my cousin Chris right now. Y'all oh. out here eating the booty like the groceries. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So, you know, that wraps up this week's edition of the podcast. You know, we quickly went through each week. Um, I mean, each result from the last week. Some surprises, some not too surprising. Just briefly recapped and, and previewed the next week's matchups. Uh, kind of interesting, kind of interesting to see how everything's turning out and really interested to see what people vote for. I think, again, the, the closer we get to the finals, the, the more recognizable the names become. And at this point, I think the albums that are left, I think everyone's at least heard some of it, if not all of it. So, again, I hope everyone makes a fair assessment, makes a fair and, and votes fairly on this. And, um, you know, if you guys have any questions or if you guys feel like any albums got missed out on, you know, I, I, re- I think I read a comment where someone said the Sierra debut album should have been on this. That was that was kind of funny. <laughs> That was kind of wrong. No. Yeah. Play it, please. <laughs> so, again, if you guys have any suggestions or whatever, even just feedback on this podcast, definitely let us know. Uh, Tom will be back next week to, you know, participate in this. Um, missing a voice today. We tried to fill that void. But for all the people that were missing Tom, he will be back next week, hopefully. Um, but, you know, that, that's all that I got. You got anything, Ed? No, we're all good. Um, Stop by soulandstereo.com. Come out of Ed's house and see what's going on. We got the review of the new um, Raekwon album for my hip-hop heads out there. I've also got a post on the 10 worst rappers of all time. Go ahead and hit up my inbox because people have been all in their feelings all week. So tell me how much I should not be mean to Big Sean and many of your other favorite rappers. <laughs> Sounds good. And then, of course, on our end, you know I got so... 
constantly got interviews flowing, got a lot of great content, so definitely check us out. We're, uh, we're actually in the midst of discussing future plans. I think we're going to do a lot more podcasts. That is, you know, if you guys like listening to these, I'm expecting the views for this to be about 70 views again. That, that's pretty good for me. But, hey, if we get to, like I said, 140, 150, we'll keep doing it. So I'm signing out. Ed's with me right now. We'll be back next week to discuss the next round. Hopefully we don't see any crazy things happen, but we probably will. That's just No, cool. we definitely will. That's, that's part of the game, and that's why we love it. Right. So with all that being said, I'll see you guys next week. All right, players.